Hello and welcome to this episode of The Inspired Attorney. I'm your host, Sharon V. And in this episode, we are speaking with Lauren Klein, who talks to us about the importance of forming genuine relationships and how this can help you in your career. We also talk about managing your finances, which includes managing your debts and getting a plan for getting out of debt. And lastly, we talk about her journey in self-development and how engaging in this journey helps you become a better attorney. Hello, Lauren. Welcome to The Inspired Attorney. Hey, Sharon. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. Can you please introduce yourself to our audience? Absolutely. My name is Lauren Klein. I am an attorney in South Florida with Holland and Knight. I focus on private wealth services with both domestic and international clients. I've been practicing law a little over seven years now, which is so crazy to think about. And, um, you know, I, I work mostly with international clients and also domestic and tax planning, private wealth services, and one of the biggest private wealth services groups in the country. That's it's been really great. That's so cool. Tell us how you got into law in the first place. So it's, it's kind of a funny story, but I feel like a lot of us probably have a very similar tale. So I was in university in the last year and I was a finance major. And I remember I was working at Merrill Lynch at the time and everything had been going so great. You know, the broker was doing so well that I was working with. And I just remember like slowly noticing that, you know, there was this financial crash that was happening around us. And I'm I'm still in college. I'm like, what is this? I don't know what's happening. I remember the broker that I was working with actually had to return. He got a brand new BMW seven series and he sent it back. Like everything just seemed to be falling apart. I remember my professors were like, this is the end of the world. You know, we don't know what your future is going to look like. And I had always in the back of my mind thought, you know, maybe I, maybe I'll go to law school. I feel like like a lot of us that went to law school, our parents kind of told us from an early age, oh, you're really good at arguing or, oh, you know, you really, you read a lot. You should really go to law school. So I'd always thought that it was something that I would do at some point. I didn't even know if I would ever become a lawyer, but I always just liked the idea of understanding the law, whether, you know, as an attorney or in a business. And so I ended up going to law school. I took a little break after college and then I started law school in the fall. And here we are today. That's really cool. How did you decide to get into the niche that you're in? I mean, it's somewhat similar to what you were doing in undergrad, but how did you decide to hone in on that? It is. And it's funny because it was really, that was not intentional at all. I, I, I didn't know if, if I were to become a lawyer after law school, I didn't know what area of law I would go into. I thought maybe real estate, you know, at the time the foreclosure market was booming. So I was doing a little bit of work in that area, or I thought maybe I'd, you know, something in a business setting. And I, I remember I took a business associations class and it was taught by one of the tax professors at our law school. And I remember thinking, oh, this is pretty cool. I kind of get this. This makes sense. And I ended up getting the book award for the class. And he, I remember the professor came up to me, I was sitting in the moot courtroom and he said, you know, you should really think about taking a tax class this summer. And I was a 2L at the time. And I, I looked at him and I was like, tax class, that sounds so boring. <laughs> no, thank you. Please count me out. 
<laughs> and it's over the summer. And I had a very strict rule that I did not take summer classes. Summer was meant for either an internship or fun. The prior summer, I did the uh, the study abroad program in Spain. And that summer, I was going to intern with a judge. And I was like, no, I'm not taking a tax class over the summer. Count me out. He kept bugging me. So I ended up taking the um, the tax class in the fall and loving it. it. There was just something that totally clicked. I ended up booking that class as well. I took another tax class the next semester. And then I ended up applying for an LLM and going to uh, the University of Florida and getting my LLM the year after, after law school. That's amazing. So it all worked out. It all worked out. And I, I don't even think I realized until I finished the JD and the LLM. I was like, wow, this really fits in with what I had thought I would do before I went to law school. And so it worked out very nicely. And then I spent some time um, when I finished my LLM, I spent some time at, in the big four. And I worked with Fortune 500 companies and did a lot of corporate tax work. And it really just, it didn't vibe with my personality. I worked with some great people. It was a great job, but I, I realized very quickly, this is not the fit for me at all. And so I ended up making the switch into private practice and focusing still in tax, but focusing more on private wealth services. And it ended up just fitting my personality so much better. I could tell once I landed there, I was like, okay, this is what I'm meant to be doing. How did you allow yourself or what motivated you? Because you said that you were struggling with that it didn't match your personality, but oftentimes we get in situations where we feel like we need to be somewhere, even if it doesn't necessarily match what we want, or it doesn't necessarily feel right, what ended up making you make that switch? Well, it was interesting because I remember talking to some of my professors from law school, talking to, um, you know, some of the professors from the LLM program. And then eventually when I made the decision, then talking to, you know, the, the people I was working with in the big four. And I remember, you know, everyone was saying, you're only a year in, you need to just stick it out, just go with it. You're not supposed to, you know, switch jobs your first year of practice. And I remember thinking, okay, I guess that makes sense. But if I know that this is not what I'm supposed to be doing and it doesn't fit with my personality, then why would I keep doing it? You know, and I think maybe a part of me was very naive at the time. I didn't have any lawyers in my family. I didn't really have anyone that I could go to, you know, a a parent or an uncle or an aunt and say, Hey, what do you think I should do? And so I kind of just went with my gut and I said, this is not for me. And I ended up going to a boutique uh, law firm and, you know, it's still, there were still bumps along the way, but I, I really just listened to my gut. And I don't know that I would recommend that for everybody. I think talking to people, getting advice, making a pro cons list, like all of those things are really great. But I do believe that there's no one rule or one right way to do it. You know, whether it's your law practice or any career, you have to kind of listen to yourself a little bit. Yeah. I remember, um, cause we went to the same law school. One of our, the professors, um, she said, know thyself. And that is like some of the best advice to get. Mm -hmm. How did you make the switch into big law? So I, was working with a boutique firm and it was, it was really great. You know, I really could see myself staying with the firm for a long time. I worked with 
really, I was the only tax associate in the firm. The firm was a tax and a probate litigation firm. And I, I was like, I, it was my family. You know, my secretary was like a second mom to me. It was very comfortable. It was hard. It was hard work. Um, being the only tax associate, I always say I was there for about three years, but I think I got about six years worth of experience because they just threw everything at me and um, instilled a lot of confidence in me that I could do whatever it was that they were asking of me. It's funny, I owe a lot of like the ability to make the move to them because they really showed me that I was a great lawyer and, you know, I was working hard, but they were also giving me that feedback. So when the opportunity arose, I wasn't looking for another position or anything like that. I just happened to meet somebody and started talking and, you know, forming relationships with people at my current firm. And eventually I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to make the switch, you know, I had done the big four, I'd been in the boutique law firm. I was like, am I really interested in going back to a big company? But I figured if I'm going to do it now, now is the time to make it happen. And again, I, a little bit of it was my gut again, you know, listening to myself. I did ask for some advice from various people that I respected. And I just decided, you know what, it's now or never. And you're taking a chance when you're, when you're somewhere and you're comfortable and you're happy, you don't know what's on the other side. Um, so I, I was a little, you know, hesitant, but I'm really, really glad that I, I made the decision. What advice would you give someone who is in a similar position that you once were? I think it really goes back to the quote that you said, you have to know yourself. You have to think about where you want to be. You know, you have to plan your future from your future. So I started thinking about where do I want to be in three years? Where do I want to be in five years? Where do I want to be in 10 years? And like, it, it could change, of course, but I think it helps you to make the decision when you know what is that you want, where you're trying to get to. And, and also pro cons lists are, are really big for me. It sounds kind of cliche, but it, once you put your thoughts on paper, it kind of makes you think about things you wouldn't have otherwise thought about. And I, and I did talk to friends and, you know, other people that I respected. And I mean, most people were like, yes, I think you, you absolutely have to do it. So that helped me as well to have the confidence to make the decision. And it was, it was scary to go to the partners I worked with. I think they had anticipated I would kind of take over the firm when they retired. They were all, you know, getting closer to the end of their, their practice. And they, they were like, we can't believe, we can't believe you're doing this, but it all, it all worked out for the best in the end. Yeah. It's really tough when you also care about people, but you need to make a move that is really just best for your career, but you just did it in a way that also worked out for everybody. I feel. Yeah, no, it's true. And I mean, sometimes you do have to remind yourself, this is business. It's your career. And I think if you do it the right way. You can always maintain relationships with people from your, your former firms or former jobs, no matter what. And you never know where life is going to take you. So it's always great to not burn any bridges. And no matter what, you know, people refer work back and forth all the time, even within the same practice area. And you never know what relationships you'll have down the road. That's so true. I think that's really good advice. Uh, switching gears a little bit to law school, if you were to go back to yourself before you started at any point in your law school career, what would you say to yourself in terms of advice? I think one of the biggest things, and this might just come with maturity and experience, is just to have confidence in myself. You know, I look back and even though law school was really, I guess it was 11 plus years ago, um, 
it seems like such a long time ago. And I remember just being so unsure of myself and not thinking that I would have the ability to maybe attain the goals that I wanted to attain. And I would just go back to myself and say, you can do it all. You can do whatever you want. Just, you know, make the right decisions, form the right relationships, work hard, but you, you can have it. You can do it. I think that's one of the biggest things. And also, I mean, I think I did a pretty good job of this in law school, but I think I would have done even more is just, and I hate the word networking, but really just getting to know people, get to know people, especially if you think you're going to practice in the same area where your law school is. But regardless, just get to know people, form relationships, because relationships are everything. They really are. You know, talk to your professors, get to know them, because you better believe if you're going to a law firm or any job, they're going to be calling, especially in South Florida. <laughs> if you're in South Florida and you go to any of the schools in Florida, all the professors know all the partners at the firms. They will call them up and say, hey, do you know this person? What do you think about them? So as much as I think studying is very important and doing well is always great because that just that just helps you get your foot in the door no matter what, I think relationships are probably the most important thing. They really are. It's all about, you know, the network that we create and, you know, the people that we serve along the way. And it all forms a beautiful pattern, so to say. It does. And I think if you do it in a genuine way and you really get to know people that you actually like to be around, you can form, you know, natural relationships. It doesn't have to be forced. It doesn't have to be awkward. Just get to know people. I mean, everyone is a human being. Your your law professor is a human being. Your law partner is a human being, the people you work with. So, you know, just, just be a good person and genuinely get to know people that you have common ground with. I love that. And I definitely subscribe to that belief. Lauren, how did you deal with the debt and what would be some advice that you would give to people who are in the situation where they come out of school or they're even post school and they just are ignoring the, you know, the elephant in the closet, so to say? It's such a tough question in a tough area because I just, you, you know, you look at the the rates that the law school tuitions and education tuition has just increased drastically over the years. And our generation really has been saddled with an enormous amount of debt. You know, I think that it's really important, A, that you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. I mean, I, I did and I didn't. I think a lot of us, you know, you just figure, hey, I'm going to be a lawyer. It's not going to be a big deal. I'll be able to pay it off. Or you don't really add up the numbers or you don't think about, you know, with interest, you know, what you're actually going to end up owing. But that being said, you know, it's it's a lot of debt depending on, you know, whether you have a scholarship or or not, or whether you can do some sort of work program with the school. But I don't, no matter what your debt is, I believe it's surmountable. I just think you really have to have a plan. And it's very easy, I think, for, for all of us to just say, you know what, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to pretend it's not there. And I think that's fine if that's your strategy. If you decide I'm just going to pay as little as I can and just hope for the best, as long as you're deciding that and intentional about it, fine. But I really think that you have to sit down and kind of think about what are my goals and do I want to pay this off quickly? How can I do that? You know, I think it's all the question should always be, how can I do it? not can I do it? So I really think that just understanding your finances from the get-go is one of the most important things. That took me a while. I mean, when I when I graduated, I kind of 
had the mindset. I'm like, I'm going to continue to live like a student, even though I'm now earning a salary. And I tried to keep that, that thought process and that mindset up the entire time, because I think one of the worst things you can do is immediately go out and lease a really expensive car and get a super expensive apartment. If it means that you, that's all you're, you're basically spending all your money on where you live and your car. And then you are completely shackled to the job that you have. If you want to make a change or do something different, it becomes a lot harder to do that. If you've racked up, you know, all of these expenses and all these bills. So, I mean, I know it's a tough question, but I, I really just think having a plan of attack, whatever that plan is, is, is the best thing. And you can pay it off if you want to. I mean, there's, it's possible. It's, it's not going to be easy. You know, you may not be able to take the first job that you want. You may have to go to a, a big firm and, and work for, you know, X years and just really make that high salary. And you may not love it, but maybe that's your plan. How did you go about getting resources or asking for help or figuring out your plan, especially since I feel like you were in a different position because you were in the LLM program and you had a finance background, but a lot of attorneys don't even know where to begin on the financial front or the business front. I think that the best thing anyone can do is just start to read, to read books, because really, honestly, I think the financial industry tries to make it seem very complicated and it's really not that complicated at all. I think you just really need to know what do you earn? What do you spend? And what do you owe? And then create a plan. It doesn't even have to be a budget. Just create a plan, you know, around what kind of lifestyle you want and, and think ahead. Don't just think what's going to make me happy in this moment. Think about what's going to make me happy in five years or 10 years. What can I do now to buy flexibility and freedom in the future? I mean, there's so many great resources out there. Bookwise, your money or your life is really good. Money, I think it's called Money is Simple, is really great. And I can send you the author's names. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, just start with some of the most common finance books. They're super simple, but it makes you realize money is really not that complicated at the end of the day. Awesome feedback. I want to switch gears a little bit towards the work-life balance aspect of things. How do you manage a balance for yourself? It took me a really long time. And I mean, it's still a daily, I don't want to say struggle, but it's just a challenge that you have to overcome. I think that no matter what, in, in the beginning, especially if you're in a big firm or, or a boutique firm, it's a lot harder in your first few years. You know, your first, especially one through three, the first years, you kind of just, at least in my experience, you put your nose to the grindstone, you get the work done. And obviously, depending on, you know, your family situation and everything, it may be different if you have young children at the time. But if you're able to do that, however, you know, however you can make that possible, just really know that your first years are going to be really tough. And then as you go along and you start to earn the respect of your colleagues and your bosses, inevitably you're going to start to be able to build a little more work-life balance, you know, into your schedule. And I think that with, with everything that's going on right now with, you know, COVID-19 and the stay-at-home orders, I think it's, it's going to change the way that we practice law. I think we're going to have a lot more ability to work from home and be flexible when we're working. We may not be working less. In fact, some of us are working more. But I do think that you can design your day and say, you know, hey, if you have children, I want to go 
to this event with my kids and maybe you'll work a little bit longer at the end of the day. But I do think it's possible. I think that our society, there is not as much of a separation anymore between the work and the, and the home life. But I think as long as you kind of, A, earn the respect of others, you know, try to just do as best of a job as you can, earn that street cred with the people that you work with, and then decide, this is what I want my day to look like. And it may change. You know, you may have a fire drill with a client. Things may get crazy, but I, I do, I've, I've learned as I've gone along that it is possible. It just, it takes some time and you have to know that it's not always going to be balanced. One week, you might be crazy. You might be working till who knows what hour at night. And another week you, you know, you can kind of take some more time for yourself. Have you integrated any specific practices or habits, especially now with having to work from home through COVID? The home and work has blended together, as you say. Have you done anything to try and make a cut line or create a balance so they don't mesh too much? Or what have you done for yourself? I think one of the best things that you can do and what I do is really to have almost like a set routine. You know, I, I did this before quarantine. It's become even more important during quarantine, during stay at home. I have a, I have a morning routine. So I wake up and I, I try to get up early because I really think that if you get up early, um, it's no one's bothering you. No one's calling you at 6.30 in the morning, 7.30 in the morning. It's kind of that one time and not always, there's exceptions, but it's that one time that you kind of have quiet. You know, and I usually, I try to meditate, I try to read, I try to work out, go for a walk, go for a swim, go to the beach, something in the morning. So I feel like no matter what else happens during that day, I took the time for myself and I had some me time. I got to do something that I wanted to do first thing. And then I really think that, and this could look so, you know, very different for different people. But once you get finished with the morning routine, actually get ready for work. And that could be yoga pants and a t-shirt and like a little mascara or whatever, or full makeup and hair and a full outfit, whatever it is for you that can kind of trick your brain into now this is work time. And then the same thing at the end of the day, try to have some sort of habit. If it's walking your dog or calling a friend or making dinner with your partner, just something that signals, okay, now the day is over. Because otherwise, especially in the beginning I was doing this, you're just working 24-7. It's not healthy. It isn't. And I think that's really good advice, especially with the morning routine. I have a mentor who says you need to fill your cup, basically. And then once your cup is full, it's so much easier to take on whatever comes up throughout the day. But if you haven't filled your cup for yourself in the morning, then things that normally wouldn't bother you start to bother you and they kind of like break through the chinks. I agree. I agree. It makes a big difference. It does. Lauren, do you have any feedback or advice that you um, would wish to give to your colleagues? I really think that you really need to think about what you want your life to look like. You know, I really do believe and I, it took me a while to get to this place, but I really do believe that you can have the life that you want if you plan it out and you design it. So really think about what it is that I want from my life. You know, again, where do I want to be in the next year or three years or five years and start to plan your life around that. There's no one set way to 
you know, go with you, go through your career or live your life. I think that's one of the most important things that I've learned, especially recently is, you know, figure out what it is you really want, figure out your goals. Even if you only have one or two goals, let's say a quarter or every six months, you know, focus on something that you know is going to make you happy. I think in the beginning, when I started practicing, I kind of felt like I had to put my personality to the side and I had to put my interests to the side. And again, your first few years, you may have to do a little bit of that just because you're kind of earning that respect and you're learning. But once you get the, you know, through those times, I really think that having interests outside of work and outside of your career is super important. And I really try to surround myself with smart, positive people. I I never want to be the smartest person in the room. I always want to have, you know, really smart people around me, have mentors. I, I have a therapist that I work with every week, which is amazing, especially during stay at home. It's been a big, big lifesaver. And I also work with a life coach. I really think just like they say, it takes a village to raise a child. I really think that it takes a whole team, um, you know, to be, the best self that you can be. And I think there is absolutely nothing wrong with working on your mind and working on your brain, because if you have that right, everything else will fall into place. Yeah. And it makes you a better attorney too. 100%. It really does. Because so much of being an attorney, and I guess really any career is, you know, are you feeling confident? Are you feeling good? Because if you are, you're going to make better decisions. You're going to be more clear-headed. You're going to have time and space to think about what's best for the client. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've had a call with my life coach or gone for a walk. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I have the answer to that problem that I've been thinking about for weeks. You know, when you get your head in that right place, it, it really makes you a better attorney. For sure. I think you also touched on something really important is surrounding yourself with people that are kind of like on another level with you because then you, because it just makes you strive to higher levels if that's what you want. Obviously, if you don't if you don't want to achieve new higher goals, then you don't necessarily need to do that. But when you do surround yourself with people that are at that next level, you not only learn from them, but you also have the motivation to get to that next level. I agree. And I think I think no matter what, like there's no goal, goal too big or too small. So whether your goal is okay, I want to get to you know, another, another job, or I want to get to another income level, or I just want to eat better, or I want to work out more, or I want to laugh more, like whatever it is, you can find people around you that can help you do that. It doesn't have to be, there's, there's no rule in life that says, you know, you have to always be striving for the next thing. I think in in some cases that could actually be really harmful. Like you're always trying to go to that next level and not enjoying where you are in the moment. Do you have any particular challenge that you feel um, was one of your biggest challenges and how did you overcome it? Just going back to the confidence issue. I I think, you know, growing up, I I didn't necessarily receive a lot of feedback like with my career and my goals. No one in my family really understood what I was trying to do. And so I was kind of doing it very blindly and, and, you know, you could obviously you find confidence from within, but I do think that again, if you surround yourself with people, they will bring you up. And it took me a really long time to learn that. So for a long time, I I just, I really doubted myself. I doubted my abilities. I didn't think that even the job I have now, I wouldn't have thought that was possible in law school. 
or just taking risks or taking chances. And I think a lot of it is, you know, we're in a male dominated industry, which is changing, which is wonderful. But as a, as a woman in law, I think I just really put limits on myself of what I was capable of accomplishing. And I wish I could just go back and shake myself and say, stop it because you, you're being your own worst enemy right now. You're imposing these own limitations in some ways. I mean, obviously there's, there's true um, issues and, and limitations that we face, but just going back and saying, you can do it. Just block out anyone who is being a hater or telling you it's not possible. Don't let anyone else put limits on you either. You know, that's, that's not great. That's not a great idea either, honestly. It's so true. I mean, most people, I mean, look at Steve Jobs, like people didn't think that he can do it and look what he created. Exactly. We're going to start to close this out a little bit. If you were to wish for something for the future of the practice of law, what would you wish for? Oh, I think that that is such a good question right now. I mean, we're, we're going through such a time of, I think, just becoming aware of so many issues, not just in law, but, but in the world and in our country. I, I really think that, I, I think that there has to be change. I mean, there has to be more inclusion. We need to figure out, you know, conscious or unconscious biases that are happening throughout law firms and, and throughout the law and businesses in general. I mean, we've seen a lot of change, but I don't think it's nearly, I don't think it's nearly as much as should be happening. I mean, it's 2020 and the things I think that are coming to light in the media and, you know, what we're seeing around the world and having conversations with friends and colleagues, there's a lot of change that needs to happen. And I think that, I hope that our generation will be a big part of that change. Um, and I really do think that hopefully, I know it's everything that's going on right now, you know, with the stay-at-home orders and, and the pandemic, I think it's it's been tough, but I think that it hopefully will, you know, bring us, I think, years ahead of where we would have been, you know, with, you know, being able to work from home or technology-wise. So I think there's a lot of work to be done, um, you know, with inclusion and diversity, but I really, I do believe that we can get there. But I think that it's going to take a lot of tough conversations and a lot of tough decisions and just, you know, having everyone at the table, I think is the most important part. Uh, Having opportunities, you know, not just inviting people that you, that are just like you to speak at an event that you have or be on a panel. You know, we need to really start to think intentionally about who, who's being hired, who's being asked to speak, who's being promoted to partner. And I think that if, if we work on that and if we're intentional about it, I do think there will be change. I hope there will be change. That's definitely really good insights because different people have different perspectives and that's how you make things so much better by hearing all different viewpoints. Lauren, do you have anything um, as like a last bit of advice or anything that you would wish to share with our audience? I would just say, you know, what I learned when I made the switch from the boutique firm to the big firm was I really had to work on myself um, and my mindset. And that was what was going to allow me to thrive, you know, especially in a big firm environment. And I think just taking the time to figure out who you want to be, take the time to work on your mind, you know, when I started doing that, it really, it, it was incredible when I started realizing how much my brain 
and my mind and the thoughts that I was having impacted my stress levels and my happiness and, you know, just my day to day. Um, so I would just say, I mean, I, I've become very obsessed over the past few years with self-development. I'm actually getting my certification as a life coach right now because I've really found that the life coach that I work with and the therapist that I work with has really been a game changer. And so I, I mean, I'm a lifelong student. I love, I love learning. And so I, I've been working on that myself. And I'm actually creating a program for law students called the Law School Blueprint. It's going to be a life coaching membership program that will have various topics that I wish I would have focused on. You know, when I was in law school, mindset, confidence, financial aspects, you know, money mindset. And so that will be coming out uh, in the fall. But I, I really think that no matter where you're getting your um, your input from, as far as self-development, mindset, finances, as long as you take the time and you focus on it, it may sound cheesy, but it really, really will change your life, truly. It will. Our thoughts create our behaviors, our habits, and they create our life. It's so true. Once you learn that, it's like a light bulb goes off and you you start to realize and see yourself in such a different way. And once you start to see you know, your goals being achieved and your confidence levels going up. It's the most exciting thing. That's so exciting. Also what you're creating, I'll be sure to include your information in the video description. Lauren, thank you so much for being a part of the Inspired Attorney. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Oh, thank you so much, Sharon. This has been so nice. Thank you for watching. Are there any questions you wish for me to ask future Inspired Attorneys? Reach out to me via direct message or an email this podcast is a resource for you, so I want to make sure I'm asking the questions that you want to know. Also, follow me on my various social channels, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube. If you are following me on YouTube, make sure to hit that little bell so you are notified when content is released, such as the Inspired Attorney or the tips and tricks that I share. And since I am an attorney by trade, I understand what you're going through, but I'm also a life and business strategist. So my role is to make sure that you are doing what you love and you're also successful at it. So I help attorneys strategically pivot in order to maximize their firm's overall profitability. If this sounds like something that you seek, book a complimentary one-on-one -on -one strategy session with me, the link I have inserted for you below. So until then, I wish you the best of luck, integrate the insights that you learned from this episode, and just know you got this.